Good morning. Good morning. I'm sorry I was causing a ruckus over to the side. I'm like, um, accidentally spilt Pastor Brad's whole cup of coffee. So he has nothing to drink in service now. And I've got to scrub that out later. So. <laughs> But this morning, I want to I read from a, a scripture out of Ezekiel, chapter 22. Ezekiel, chapter 22, verse 30. And I'm going to pray before we get started. Father, I thank you for, for this word that you've placed in, in the scriptures, Father, for us to understand and come into a, a greater understanding, a greater revelation of knowledge. I pray, Father, that it hits everyone's spirit this morning with a burden to do what you've called us to do. I pray, Father, that there be an anointing, Father, upon the words, and Lord, that there will be an anointing to break any bondage that has kept people in fear of walking out their calling and walking out what you've, what you've destined for them to do and even just the smallest things lord that you call us to do day by day the the little things that you ask us to do father that there will be a a breaking of fear and lord a boldness and a courage that comes on your people in jesus mighty name amen ezekiel uh 22 verse 30 it says so i sought for a man among them who would make a wall and stand in the gap before me on behalf of the land that I should not destroy it, but I found no one. And, you know, even, even through this scripture, even through Ezekiel 22, 30, it's, it's talking about God searching, God searching for a man. He says, I looked, I searched, I sought out for a man, a man. And, and even in this, what was going on was there was no one to stand on behalf of the land of Israel, to stand on behalf of the people as a righteous man. And he's saying, I, I looked for a man to stand on behalf of the land, to stand on behalf of the people, but I found no one. I was looking for a gap filler. I was looking for someone to stand in the gap, but I found no one. And I just want to look through this scripture uh, a little bit because even, even when we think about a gap, a gap, you know, in, the, in World War II, when World War II started and Germany came in and began to flood into Poland and attack Poland, and they, they used a tactic that didn't have a term at the time. It has a term now, but it's called Blitzkrieg. And it's, it's a word where blitz is lightning in German, and then Krieg means war. So lightning war, lightning war. And what it was was they would attack with all of their, their tanks, their artillery, their air force, their infantry, and it's like they would attack all at once and come in and, and blast a hole in the wall and begin to flood in from everywhere with all of their, their armor, all of their artillery, all of their weapons of war became focused at the same time. And wh what happened with this gap is once there's a gap, it made it very easy for the enemy to flood in. And see, this is what happens in people's lives many times. When a gap happens in someone's life or in a city, in a people group, in an individual, in your spiritual life, in your health, whatever it may be, even in a nation. When there's a gap that happens, it makes it very easy for the enemy to flood in and wipe them out because now they lose their footing and they get confused and it just kind of disrupts everything and their thinking now is very distracted and very overwhelmed. And we see people sometimes where it takes one moment where the enemy came in and caused a disruption in their life and it threw them into a whirlwind and next thing you know they're so far off course going how did I get here and it takes somebody to stand in the gap it takes somebody to fill that gap in order to help them get back their foot and get back what was lost and so I'm even today that's what that's what I want to preach into you is that you have a, a spirit 
habit of being a gap filler in your life, that that's what you receive today, that you become a gap filler, that you say, that's me. I look for gaps. I look for ways that I can fill in and create that wall so that someone gains their security back. Someone gains their hope back in God. Someone gains their trust and their belief back in God because many times that's the gap that keeps people from God. What happens is you see people many times they think God's doing this to them. So it keeps them at bay and they they get angry at God. They think God did this to me. Why would God let this happen to me? And the, the gap that the enemy made gets blamed on God. And so they don't want to come near God. And they need someone to stand in the gap. They need someone to, to raise that standard back up into place and love them and teach them and show them that this was not God. God loves you and he has a plan for you. He has a hope for you. He has a future for you. And I'm here to get you over to the other side. I'm here to show you who God is. I'm here to help you restructure things again, to build things back into place so that you can be on solid foundation again so that you can walk your life out the way God wanted you to. Don't let this tailspin turn you around where you're going the wrong direction for the rest of your life. Let's get things built back into place. But many times people need a gap filler, someone to stand in the gap for them because gaps can be places of weakness Maybe, maybe it was a, a weakness in a family, you know, that was always there because they were never taught certain things. It was just never a strength in the family. So it became a weakness or a weakness maybe spiritually, a weakness physically. See, you, I mean, you really have to begin to think uh, how gaps can get created because there's so many different ways. And we've all had gaps. We've all had gaps in our life where we've either had to fill ourselves because you can fill a gap yourself. You can, because if you understand how to fill it, in fact, I did that in many ways in my own life, uh, teaching myself. When I had children come along, I had some things already because my parents had taught me, but then there were other things that I had to learn myself. I read books and, and because I was an only child, so I didn't grow up understanding how to deal with, with squabbles, with brothers and sisters, and dealing with fights and dealing with all that. I had three children, so now all of a sudden they're fussing, and I'm like, okay, I didn't have to witness this growing up. How do I deal with this? How do I deal with all of them fighting because they want the bag of potato chips for themselves and they don't want to share, you know? So it's like you have to figure out and learn how to how to be a parent in that situation when you didn't have to see that yourself. So you got to fill gaps. I know that's a minor thing, but what I'm saying is you can teach yourself how to fill a gap by educating yourself in many ways as well. A gap can be a vulnerability. A gap can be a, a leaving someone defenseless. They, they don't have a defense. You know, you think of young children. Think of young children that are being trafficked today. Think of children that are in abusive uh, situations. They are defenseless. They have no voice. They have no one to, to speak on their behalf. They have no one, and that's many times why the state steps in, because they're trying to become the voice for the child. But we, we as the church, we as the body are called to be gap fillers. Many times in that gap, it's, it becomes a danger where the enemy can come in and play with their mind. And as a result, from a young age, they're not thinking correctly because the enemy has sown things into their mind and their understanding for years. So they grow up thinking certain things are normal. It also, a gap leaves you exposed. It leaves you exposed. And it, it leaves you in a position where it's very easy for the enemy to come and go, to have a foothold, because he can walk right in. Mihie, did you put that, can you, can you bring that up on screen? Are you back there? Yes. When you look at this, it's very easy to walk that. And you know, where the wall once was, it might have been more uh, difficult to climb and it would have taken more time for the enemy to climb, and you would have saw the enemy coming. You would have had time to beat him down. You would have had time to deal with the issue. But an enemy can sneak through a gap very easily. Just walk right in, day or night. 
and be able to come in and, and not only attack you, but attack the family, attack everyone in that community. It just takes an open gap. It just takes a doorway to come open for the enemy to be able to come in. And what happens when a gap happens or if you uh, break something? How many of you ever dropped a jug of milk in their kitchen? It's not fun, and it breaks, or it cracks, or the, the lid pops off, and all of a sudden, you've got milk everywhere. It scatters everywhere, and it's like, ugh. You know, but that, that's the same thing that can happen with a, a crack or a gap. W once that happens, it, things can scatter out. Things can scatter out. And this is what, what will happen many times. The people will scatter and they'll get lost because there's no boundary to keep them in anymore. Think about that. When a standard gets lowered, that's the very standard that keeps you in place and protects you. But when it gets lowered, now all of a sudden, there, you, you don't know what's protecting you anymore, and you just wander out, and, and you've lost your protection. You've lost your boundary mark. You've lost the thing that was keeping you secure. But when a society decides that this is okay, that's okay. You know, we don't have to do this anymore. That's old-fashioned. Why do you believe this way? Why do you tra train your kids up this way? Why not just let them do whatever? You know, they're humans. Let them make their own decisions. Why would you try to discipline them? You know, when we take those mindsets of the world instead of taking the, the, the understanding of the word of God then we're removing the boundaries. We're removing the boundary stone, as the word of God says. And the word of God says, don't remove the boundary stones of your ancient fathers because they're there to protect you. They're there to show you where the boundaries are at so that you will not lose sight of where you're supposed to be and where you're not supposed to be. So having a breach or a crack or a hole, a gap, in the wall is a dangerous thing. It keeps the enemy out. The wall does. But also, it keeps the standard in place. It keeps the, the boundary in place. So even as I'm, I'm giving you this word this morning, I really, want, I really want you to ask the Lord, how do you want me to be a gap filler? And yes, there are some things that you can step into place and, and, and it's a, a one-time thing. Say, you know, somebody at the, at the grocery store doesn't have enough money and you lend them the money, you know, that they need to pay for whatever it is. You're, you're being a gap filler in that one instance. That's not like a, a full-time ministry. We understand that. Then there's some things that are. There's some things that God births in you, puts a passion on the inside of you, and it's for a purpose. It's for you to do consistently because God put a burden in you to actually save a people, to save a people group, because you can't save everybody. You're not called to everybody. You're called to a type of people most of the time. Yes, we can do the the one on one sometimes. That's a given. But as for if you're if you're looking at, at what God is destined for you to do, it's on the inside of you and he's trying to call it out. And many times he, he wants you to have discernment because you could be busy trying to help everybody's problem and, and, and there not be discernment on what he's called you to. So even ask the Lord during this time, God, how do you want me? How do you want me to fill in the gap? Because everybody's different. Every person has a, a different gap that they need to fill. So even looking at this, so I saw among them, I looked among them, I searched, is what the word of God says. I searched. He was looking. You know, the Bible says in 2 Chronicles 16, 9, that the, that the Lord's eyes searched to and fro the whole earth looking to whom he, he can act strong on their behalf. He's looking on who will say, I'll, I'll do it. So he can act strong on their behalf. He's looking, his eye, think about that. His eye searches the, the whole earth, it says. Looking, he'll be available. Who will say, yes, I'll do it? Who will say, I'll stand in that gap? I'll be the, the one. I'll be that missing link. I'll help restore. I'll help build that back into place. I'll be the one to stand for a people that can't stand on their own or for, for a, a hurting that doesn't know how to heal themselves. 
I'll stand in that place. He says, I stood looking for a man. He didn't say I was looking for a, a whole union of people. He didn't say I was looking for a whole group. How many did it take? I'm looking for a man. The Bible says that we are co-laborers with God. Co-laborers. You know, I think if we really meditate on that, because many times people think, well, God just does it. He needs a laborer. He needs a co-worker. He labors with, that means he partners with you. You're his partner in business. He's the mind. He's the, he's the one with the power. He's the one with the understanding, understanding, but he imparts it to you so you can be the laborer so that you can do the work, so that he can speak to you, give you the burden, give you the vision, give you what it takes to, to fulfill that thing and to carry it out. You're a co-laborer with God. He has called you to labor with him, not to, to, for him to labor. And you go, yay, God. Good job, God. That was awesome. He co-labor. I'm a partner with God. That means he's depending upon us to do something. Say, God's depending on me. Well, what was he looking for? He's looking for a man. One. Just give me one. Just give me one who will stand there. Give me one to do what? To build a wall, make a hedge, raise a standard. What does that mean? Someone that will come in and rebuild where this gap is. Someone who will carry the load. Someone who will pick up the stones and begin to put them back in place. Someone that will fill that gap. Someone that will repair what was broken. Someone that will restore what was neglected. What was neglected. You know, when a whole happens when a when a broken spot happens how many know that most of the time the person that got the hole or the community that got the hole it throws them in i mean what has happened in the last three months it threw the whole country into a tailspin has it not we weren't expecting it so everybody's running around and the church is running in different directions because it wasn't like there was a year to plan this it wasn't like there was like everybody's on the same page and, oh, guys, we were ready for this. Remember, we prepared for this. This is what we're all going to do. No, it threw everybody into confusion and everybody had to begin to make uh, decisions for their church and everybody began to, to come up with different uh, theologies from the word of God. And they had to find their own faith in things and find their own direction. But God is saying, I'm looking for someone who will stand in faith, who will stand and begin to put the pieces back into place, put the pieces back, take the stone and repair the wall and fill that gap to make sure that hole doesn't continue to exist there. Because as long as that hole is there, the enemy has free flow in and out. And not only the enemy, but you will go in and out. The people will go out and, and lose their markings, lose their boundary lines. And then what's it say? It says, I'm looking for a man who will make a wall or a hedge and do what? Stand. Stand. Stand in that gap. Do you know what that means? That's endurance. Stand. Because standing takes investment. See, the random act of kindness is a lot easier. Oh yeah, I'll go ahead and pay for that person behind me too. Here you go, done. Boom, over, go on with life, right? I'm not saying that's not difficult. If, they, if they've got a whole cart that's full, that's a little more difficult than a, than a two liter of soda, right? <laughs> but when it takes most problems need an investment in order to solve it. Most big problems need time to be able to solve. Most problems need someone that's saying, I'm going to invest in this. I'm going to take some time. It's I, I understand that it's going to take me enduring for them because they can't endure right now on their own. I understand that it's going to take my heart. And, and here's the thing. Most people don't stand in the gap because of two reasons. Because of their own selfishness or fear. One of those two things. Because they're afraid of being taken advantage of 
They're afraid that, that they're not going to get a return on their investment because maybe they're looking at the people instead of looking at God. They're afraid that, that they're going to end up having to commit to this and, and then what? I don't know if I want to commit to that. But you have to ask yourself, is the Lord calling me to that? Because that's the real question. Like I said, you have to have discernment. You're not called to everybody. You're not called to everything. But you do need to have discernment. And when the voice of God tells you yes, then you got to be ready to act in faith and say, okay. Okay, I'll be the gap filler. I'll stand in the gap and I will endure. I will stand strong. I will be there when they can't stand on their own. You know, sometimes we do this in prayer. Because we know how many people have come and gone out of here. Right? There's a lot of prayer that goes around those people. There's a lot of prayer that goes, they don't know how to pray on their own. They don't know how to stand strong. And you know that the reason they're not here many times is because they've got issues going on. They've got things. The very place that can give them an answer, the very place that can be an encouragement, the very place that can, can surround them in prayer and help and love is the very place that they will many times avoid. But it takes prayer and the Holy Spirit. And sometimes in prayer, that is the gap that you got to fill. Because sometimes there's nothing we can do except depend upon the Holy Spirit. So we pray. We pray for people. We pray for their marriages. We pray for their homes. We pray for their jobs. We pray for their children. Sometimes that's the gap that needs filled. To stand. That also means to be appointed to to be appointed to, to be over, to establish, to endure in that spot, to endure in that spot, to serve. Because ultimately, that's what you're doing. You're serving. You're serving them. You're building them. You're protecting them because they don't know how to at the moment. But here's the thing. Do you know sometimes God can put a burden in someone and give them a, a passion for something and show them what they're supposed to do? And, and in them, it, it's there because they're wanting to do it. It's like they're wanting to, you, you can see the remnant of what they're good at. You can see the remnant of what God's put in them, but you know what they do? They'll start pointing out what's wrong with everybody else doing it. Like, like, good example, this doomsday stuff, you know? Good example. They'll, they'll get on the doomsday bandwagon, right? And, and they'll be uh, calling out everybody, say, false prophet, false prophet, this guy this, this guy that, this guy's wrong, uh, we're doing this, I'm staying in my bunker, I'm doing that. They're not doing anything to go out and spread the light. They're not doing what, what God has called them to do. They're using their education and their knowledge instead to attack. So they're not building up, they're tearing down another wall. So we've got to be careful that we're not taking the thing that God gave us to do and criticize and actually put more holes in the wall. But many times the very thing you feel passionate about is the thing that God's asking you to stand for. So that's a good clue to what is God is asking you to do. And he says, I want you to stand in that gap before me. Before me, what does that mean? That you're representing God is what that means. That you're standing in the gap, but you're, you're the very countenance of God shining out. You are showing you're the mind of Christ. You're the voice of God in that situation. We heard a lot this week about uh, speaking the prophetic, to speak out what is going to happen, to speak out uh, their situation. You know, if I'm counseling someone, if I'm praying over them, if I'm, if I'm trying to help someone through something, I'm not going to stand there and say, uh, you, you're a mess. You're, you're such a mess. I don't really see any hope for... No! You're the voice and the mind of God to them. You speak out the very thing that God has for them. You're speaking out their future. You're speaking out what's to come. You're speaking out where they're going to be. You're not telling them where they're at now. You're telling them where they're going to be and where they're going to go and the victories they're going to have. Because it, it readjusts their sight. It, readjust, it gets their perspective back. It brings them back into a place where they can now put on the mind of Christ. And you may have to do that a hundred times. You may have to until it becomes a mindset for themselves. 
You may have to keep reminding them who they are in Christ. You may have to keep, no, we're not, we're not looking that way. Turn around, honey. Come on. This is where we're going. We're going this way. You're going that way. You're going to be victorious. This is the direction we're headed. You become the voice for them if they don't have a voice, if they don't know how to voice. Position yourself for them. Show them how to position. Instead of uh, tearing down, what do you do? You show them how to build. You don't just do everything for them. You might for a time. But then when they're ready, you, learn, you, you teach them. This is how you do this. This is how you plaster that stone back into place. This is how you build things. This is how you make it strong. Now, make sure you put enough concrete in there. You don't want to make it all sand because, you know, it'll begin to crumble again. So make sure you, you got to get that word of God in there. You got to make sure that you're praying. You got to get the Holy Spirit in there. You got to make sure all of these things are in there. You get all the elements, all the components in there, and then, like, make sure it pack it hard. Pack it hard because you don't want that enemy coming back. Next thing you know, they're going to be strong and they're going to be doing what? They're going to be showing someone else how to do it. You know, it's exactly what happened with Jesse and Christine, if you guys don't mind me using you as an example. But when they first came into church, they had their three babies. And what did the church do? Took their babies for them. You know, they, they were like, oh, we want to make sure that they're able to, to focus on the message and get blessed and, and make sure that they're hearing the word of God and, and coming to church isn't a stressor for them, that they're, that they're in a position to hear, that they're in a position where, where they're getting mended in their life and they're getting healing and they're getting the word and they're getting the encouragement. What do you see them doing now? Being a blessing to others. What do they do? They make sure they, they're helping out. They see, I see them sometimes pop up. They go get babies. Why, what are they doing? The very same thing that was done to them. What happens in your life many, become, many times becomes the testimony that gives you the very badge to go out and do the same thing for someone else. Hallelujah. So the very thing that was a rough patch before becomes your weapon it becomes your place of standing in the gap and where someone else showed them they're now doing the same thing so don't even when you're going through rough patches don't look at it like this is the end no i'm just getting stronger I'm just getting my faith built up right now. I'm learning this position so I know how to stand in this position. The same thing someone's doing for me, I'm going to do for them. I'm going to be able to stand in the gap for someone else. I'm going to be in that position building someone else up later on. Hallelujah. So you stand before the Lord. It's that ministry of reconciliation. It's that ministry of, of standing uh, and, and you're bridging. You know, here's the thing. Many times people, like I said, they're, they're afraid because they don't want to go to that side. I mean, like Jesse, stand up for a minute. If Jesse's in his own world over here and I'm living over here in this world and my world's going better than Jesse's world is at the moment and I'm looking and I'm like, I don't have any desire to go to Jesse's world because there's nothing in Jesse's world that I want. You see, because I've worked through some things maybe myself or maybe I was fortunate and didn't have to deal with some of the things so I'm not, I don't understand his world. Maybe I don't understand where he came from. Maybe he put up a hardness and, and he acts like he doesn't like me, which in the beginning he didn't like me. He told me that. <laughs> in the beginning he didn't like me. But, and, and then today he comes in and, and, and like fixes my coffee spill. Thank you, Jesse. But, and if I don't understand where he came from, and so he's, he's like, hard you know he's he puts up a defense because he's had to to deal with some things in life and I don't understand that so then what I take it personally so I don't want to go over there because I'm afraid now of what getting hurt myself you see but I got I got to be willing to bridge the gap I got to be willing to to make the bridge over to Jesse so that I can show him how to come over to this side of the world to this land over here where he's going to be free. 
to this side over here where he's going to experience what I'm experiencing. And for a while, I might have to, to visit his world, and I might have to show him some things. And I show him, see, this is how you lay these things in place, and this is how you begin to move. Take a step, Jesse. Come on. You can do it. And, oh, yes, he might not like that at first. Oh, I don't want to do that because it takes faith or it hurts or it means I have to be a little bit vulnerable and I have to expose some things in my life. And so, but then I keep encouraging, and he may even come back. He may even, no, I don't want to. I changed my mind. I don't want to anymore. And I'm like, no, Jesse, you're doing good. You can come on. You can, you can keep doing this. You're, you're making it. Yes, look at how far you've come. Hallelujah. Yes, thank you. But, yeah. <laughs> you're only going back to get more. <laughs> you're getting Dan now and bringing him over. <laughs> But you see how that works. It's not, it's not always comfortable to go to the other side of the world that maybe we're not used to. But God wants you to build a bridge. Because you have to overcome some fears. You have to overcome the, the fear of they might think you're weird. You have to overcome the fear that they might think that you're a little radical and a little much. Who, who is this woman? Why, why is she coming into my world? Why is, why is she interested in where I'm at? Nobody's been interested in where I'm at before. Nobody's cared about me before. Why is she caring? Why is she telling me these things that, that don't fit in with how I think? Why, why is she preaching this stuff to me? But yet, at the same time, there's a drawing. I don't understand what she's saying. I don't understand what, what she's trying to communicate to me. But there's something that keeps drawing me. There's something that even though she's telling me these things that, that sound like Chinese to me, but at the same time, there's a love. There's a love that keeps drawing. Because why would she be interested in where I'm at and where I'm going? Because you bridge the gap. You bridge the gap. You, you, but you can't do it without the Holy Spirit. You've got to have the Holy Spirit. You've got to have the leading of God because you've got to have discernment. You've got to have discernment because discernment is there for your safety as well. So you, you keep your eyes on God. The whole time you're doing it, you keep your eyes on God. You keep your ears on God. What else do you have to overcome? you got to believe that God's going to show up because there's, that's another thing. A lot of people don't like to go there because what if I stick my neck out there and God doesn't show up? What if I go and pray for them and God doesn't show up? What if I go do that and then I feel completely, like, alone? But, you know, the thing is, many times, the time you take the step, once you step in faith, that's when God shows up. It's not like he covers and, and, and makes that, that, that anointed feeling many times before you do it. He said, okay, if you go, I'm going to go. But you got to go. You got to take the step. You got to take, you got to make the move. And then I'm right there. Make the move. And just because someone doesn't always uh, embrace what you're doing doesn't mean that they're not getting impacted. Because they can have a very hard shell on the outside, but it doesn't mean you're not impacting in their brain. They may, they may be thinking, who is this person? What are they doing? But then next thing you know, you pray for them, and then there's tears coming down their face. Because you just touched their spirit, and you just touched their heart. So sometimes you got to be willing Sometimes you've got to be willing to adjust your priorities because in your schedule, it may not fit in. Sometimes you've got to be willing to adjust priorities and not allow money to be a higher thing than the person. Sometimes you've got to adjust priorities and, and shift some things around and say, you know what, I'm going to be willing to put this aside and make this first. So, yes, does it take an investment? Yes. Does it take uh, vulnerability? Yeah. It means we got to be vulnerable. It means that we've got to, to show our heart. 
It means that we have to put ourselves in a position where, you, what did Jesus do? He stood in the gap for us. That was the very thing. He, he left heaven and did what? Came to earth. He left the richest place, the most glorious place to do what? To come to earth to bring us back to where we belonged, to bring us back to the heavenly father, to show us the way back home. That's exactly what you're doing. Jesus is now sitting at the right hand of the father. So who's he depending on to fill the gap? Me and you. Yeah. He's depending on us. But if we always say, well, I don't want to invest. I'm, I'm afraid. I'd, I want to keep these things from it. Then, then we're never going to be a gap filler. We've got to be willing. We've got to be willing to overcome those things and make sure that, that we're, we're not allowing uh, those selfishness. Or, you know, fear, fear are just things that come into your head, but it doesn't mean that it has to grip you. It just means you have to overcome it. It just means you have to, like, ignore that and keep your eyes focused on where you're going. Fear happens to everybody. Fear is something that the enemy uses on everybody. It's not that anybody's exempt from fear. But it's what do we do with that? How do we handle that spirit when it comes at us? How do we, how do we uh, just cut the head off that thing and say, no, I'm going here. In fact, the, the less that you pay attention to it, the more power you're going to have in overcoming it. If you let it play in your mind, it will, it will begin to dominate. But if you choose, I'm not going to listen to that. I'm going to fill my mind with the word of God. I'm going to fill my, my heart with his word. I'm going to keep my vision focused on where I'm going. Amen. You know, uh, even, even in the beginning of, of ministry for us, we were, we were filling in wherever was needed. We filled in with the kids. We filled in with the youth. We filled in in various places. God was teaching us through those things. We were learning how to fill the gap. We were learning to build character. We were learning all of these things. And, and, and then God, uh, we went on a mission trip to Hana, and, and then God called us to fill a gap in Hana. And so that's what we were doing. We were filling a gap. I may share sometime how that happened for me personally. Um, Pastor Brad and I both have different stories. It wasn't that we were, both had confirmation at the same time. But I may share that on a different day. But when this, when this happened, he said, I want you to stand before me on behalf of the land. What, in this particular situation, he says, but I found no one. I found no one that would answer the call. I found no one that would carry the load. I found no one that would be reliable. I found no one that was willing to stand in the gap. No one that was willing but now we have an example before us. We have Jesus Christ as our example. And we have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of us, showing us how to do it. We have the Holy Spirit leading us and guiding us. There's a scripture in Isaiah. Go to Isaiah um, chapter 60, verse 18. And while you're turning there, also in Isaiah 58, 12, the Bible says, you'll be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of streets with dwellings. The repairer of the breach, the restorer of streets with dwellings. People don't go dwell somewhere where there's fear. People don't go dwell somewhere and build a house. You don't go, say, you find the worst place you can and say, well, guys, everything's ugly here. Everything is, is uh, really bad. This is a war zone. Um, there's nowhere to eat. There's nowhere to uh, drink water. I think this is where we're going to build our house. Nobody does that. So th this is a representation of as we restore things for people, then they what? Then they find that place to dwell. Now they can settle. Now they can begin to, to build their foundation. Now they're at peace, and they're no longer at war because of what? The restorer of the streets of dwellings, the people that are restoring, the people that are repairing. That's what we're called to do. 60, verse six, chapter 60, verse 18. It says, violence shall no longer be heard in your land, neither wasting nor destruction within your borders. Again, the borders. 
Inside the borders, there's no wasting. Inside the borders, there's no violence. But as long as the, the borders are up, it's protected. As long as the borders are there, you're kept safe. That's why it's so important that we create borders. Do you know that, that Moses stood in the gap for Israel, for the Jewish people, when they were brought out of Egypt? He had to stand in the gap because they were, they were complaining, they were murmuring, they didn't believe that God was taking them to a good place, and God was ready to destroy them and say, you know what, we're wiping them all out. Moses, separate yourself. We'll, we'll start a whole new nation with you. And Moses said, no, God, don't do that. People will say we'll say look you brought all these people out what to destroy them in the desert after you did all those miracles for them and God relented and said okay Moses saved a whole nation Esther saved a whole nation these people saved one how many one one person saved large amounts of people whole nations because they were willing to stand in the gap. But the one thing that Moses didn't have, he was writing the word of God. He didn't have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of him. And that's the thing that was lacking. Because the Bible says that he stood in the breach for the people, but the, prop, the one element that was missing was the restoration. The restoration. Why? Because, because all they had was one copy that Moses wrote, and Joshua would, would, would remind them of that once a year. So it's not like they had the word of God to, to read at their fingertips day in and day out. And someone that was uh, appointed and anointed to lead a group of people and say, I'm here to help restore you. I'm here to help build the wall back into place for you. Now listen to the rest of this scripture. It says, but you shall call your walls salvation and your gates praise. Now listen to this. You shall call your walls salvation. What is salvation? Sozo. Soteria, that's the word for it. It, it means deliverance. All, think of this. All wrapped up in this word salvation is deliverance, prosperity, health, healing. It's vision for your future. All of the good things that, that come with salvation. That's what's wrapped up. Your walls will be salvation. You'll call your walls salvation. That's why it's so important that we help build the wall because that's the salvation for people. That's what's going to bring them deliverance. That's what's going to bring them prosperity. That's what's going to bring them hope and future and healing until they understand what's theirs and what's their inheritance in the word of God. Then the enemy will keep going in and trying to steal and trying to take and trying to destroy their life. That's why we rebuild the wall. We're the restorer of the wall. We get those things in place and we got to teach them along the way. Teaching is what gives them the power themselves to be able to stand on their own. You'll call your walls salvation. Walls are a blessing. People want to tear down the wall and let anybody in. Well, you don't do that to your own home, do you? Do you just leave your doors open at night? No. Because there's people that'll try to come in, take your stuff. So you lock your door. People will say, oh, tear down the walls of the nation. Let everybody in. No. The enemy will come in and steal. There are some people, it's okay for them to come in. But you've got to have some discernment. You can't just let everybody in. Not everybody is meant to be there. Not every, there are some people there to lead you into a future, and then there are some that are sent to destroy your future. So you got to have discernment on who you're letting in. And that's why he says you'll call your walls because you got to have those walls. you got to call your walls salvation. The walls are going to bring you prosperity. The walls, the understanding, the precept upon precept, the line upon line, you're going to come into a greater understanding. That's why when you come into the house of God, you're learning line upon line, precept upon precept. Every time we meet, we want what? The word of God, the word of God. And it says them. Your gates, you'll call your gates what? Praise. Do you ever, um, you know how, uh, like in the 80s when houses were being built, um, everything was divided up. You know, you had a smaller room in the 70s, things like that. 
And, you know, you had a clear defined dining room and you had a clear defined living room and a clear defined kitchen. Well, now what are they doing? They're knocking all the walls down saying, I want an open concept, an open concept, right? Because I want to be able to talk in the kitchen to the people that are sitting in the living room and not have a wall there between us because I want to be able to communicate with them. We want to be able to visit. So the thing is, he says, you'll call your gates praise. Well, what if we've had a, a gap in a place? Sometimes you can put a gate. Sometimes you can put a gate. Why? Because sometimes you want that to be an entrance place. You want there to be communication. Sometimes if there's a, maybe a, a, a gap in our life, but it, it, instead of putting a wall back there, you put, you put a gate there. You'll call your gates praise. Those are your testimonies. Those are the things that, yeah, there was a wall there, but now there's a gate. And it still keeps the enemy out, but I can let in who I need in. I can use my testimony to bring people in. I can use my testimony that God has showed me and bring others out of that very same thing and into inside the wall, inside the city where they're safe and secure. You'll call your gates praise. You'll praise God for the things that he's done for you. You'll praise God for the, the, those places that were holes, there, there were gaps, but now there's a gate. Now there's a, a place that, that you'll call praise, and you'll praise God for those places. Hallelujah. You know, that, the last point I want to make when it says, I found no one. He didn't find anyone to stand in the gap. What he found was people that were trying to accommodate the culture. Because if you read through that scripture, it talks about the, the priests and the prophets. The prophets were prophesying that everything was okay, that you could come into the house of God and you could worship Bell. You could worship other gods. You could do your own thing. You could, you could do whatever you wanted. There's, there's, there's no problem here. We're okay. You know, there's sin in the land, but it's okay. That's not really sin. They found people, he found people that were trying to accommodate the culture instead of raising the standard back up. So understand that your purpose is to raise the standard. Removing the standard is not good because it doesn't help and it doesn't bring people into security. It brings them into a false security. A false hope that, yeah, I'm going to heaven because I believe in God, but I can go over here and do all of these things and, and still be okay. I can, I can dabble in this and still go to heaven. We need people today that love in truth. They speak truth, but they also love. They're not sitting there condemning and criticizing. They're speaking the truth, but they're doing it in love. They're speaking it in love. The Bible says that we were created for good works, for good works. You were created. We don't find our salvation in these works that we do. We, this is not where we find salvation, but we do them because we are saved. Because we have found salvation is why we become a gap filler. Because you are his workmanship, created to do good works is what the Bible says, Ephesians 2. You're created to do good works. Hallelujah. Zane, why don't you come to the keyboard? You know, uh, someone that fills the gap becomes the champion for a, a cause. And they stand where others don't know how to stand. Maybe they've been weakened. Maybe they, they, they just had the air knocked out of them. And they just, they don't, they're, they're lying there and they don't, they don't know how to get up. They don't know how to find their footing. They don't know how to, they, they just feel like they're in a whirlwind of confusion. And you know, even, <laughs> you may even have things pressing on your heart but like where I was saying earlier, where, where Jesse may have lived in a different world and I wasn't familiar with that world because, well, maybe I never had to experience what he had to experience. And I'm standing there going, well, I don't understand that world. How am I going to relate to that? How am I going to reach out to that? How am I going to, uh, you know, people a lot of times think they have to relate to be able to have an impact, but that's not true. 
Because love covers all things. Love covers all things. You know, our head pastor, Dr. Morocco, his wife, Pastor Colleen, who many of you got to meet when she come. Pastor Colleen has a, has a ministry now called Transformation. And it's totally dealing with people that have been on drugs, uh, have had addictions, anything that, that has had a grip of addiction of any sort on their life. She didn't deal with any of that. She didn't grow up like that. She doesn't have a testimony around that. And God placed in her heart and said, this is what I want you to do. I want you to begin a ministry of transformation. And I want you to begin to help the homeless. I want you to begin to help those that were addicts. I want you to begin to, to call them out of where they were and, and put them in a, in a place of hope, in a place of light. And at first she was like, how in the world? And even Dr. Morocco was like, how in the world are you going to do that, honey? Because you don't have any experience in that. And she's like, I don't know. God's going to help me. And he's, he's going to show me how to do it. That, that ministry is so big now. And God has sent her. There's a minister at KC, Minister Daniel Rice. He, he came out of the prison, was in that ministry. He was in transformation. He got transformed. Well, guess where he's at now? Helping lead transformation. He's helping lead that ministry. Because she, he, he sent, she... God sent him to her so that she could pour into him, and he's been trained. And so he's carrying a lot of that load now. Hallelujah. But what did she do? She restored his gap. She built the gap back into place. She repaired the wall, and she stood there, and she endured. This wasn't done overnight. She didn't, she didn't come in and say, you know what, let me pray for you. Hallelujah, it's done. You've got all the knowledge you need now. You're, you're going to just go fly high. You're going to be great. You're gonna... He had to learn some things, just like all of us. When we've had a gap, we have to learn some things, and we have to get that back into place. We have to make sure that we're strong. And it takes people that have learned or that understand or have the word of God in them or that can pray or have the anointing or, or you know, it, it can be a number of things. But he learned, he submitted, and he heard, and then he got a burden. Then he got a burden. And I believe that many of you today have that very same thing. You have a burden. You have a purpose. God's called you. He's called everybody to be a gap filler in some form. It's just a matter of saying, God, what is it? What do you want me to do? And maybe right now it's a time of learning and you're just, you're filling in certain gaps. Uh, you know, even life group, people think that, that things that have to be huge ministries, they don't have to be huge ministries to be filling gaps. It could be a one-on-one -on -one personal relationship with somebody that you're discipling. So much can happen in a relationship or in a life group. You have no idea. That's where so much building gets done.